Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Darker Audio Podcast. With me this time out is a gentleman who has a brain the size of a planet. Welcome, Bruno Putzes. Thank you. And you're calling us from... You're in Belgium or the Netherlands right now, Bruno? I'm in Belgium at the moment. Okay. And you're a Belgian, aren't you? I am. Right. Now, we've covered your CV before in a previous video interview, and I'll put that link in the show notes for this podcast. But Bruno, if I look around my my lounge room, my listening room right now, I see your work everywhere. I mean, I've got the key three on one side over here. And then to my left, I've got uh, a Blue Sound Power Node, which has Hypex Encore modules in, I believe. And then right next to that, a Mola Mola Tambaki DAC. And then in my hallway just arrived the uh, NAD M33 integrated, which has your Purify. Well, I say your, I know it's not just yours, but the Purify modules inside, I think it's the first commercial implementation. Is that right? It, it pretty much is. Um, the, I mean, the, there are a handful of um, products out there um, that are just basically mono blocks based on the uh, on, on, on the Purify modules. But uh, but I would say, yes, the M M33 is is the first seriously grown-up product um, built around the uh, the eigentact the uh, amplifiers. Right, and so you're you're doing this in collaboration with Peter Lingdorf and I'm sorry, I've forgotten the other gentleman's name, which is really La bad. Last Risbo. Yeah, what actually uh, what, what what actually happened was uh, what, what was Lars and I had been been looking at each other for. For, for years, I think we first met in 2005, and we've been on each other's radar ever since. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but he was working for TI, and I was um, I was working for Hypex, and and I think somewhere in in 2012, I ran into him again at uh, at an AES convention, and I just said, said, you know what? Either we we keep talking about doing something together, or we just put something in motion. Mm -hmm. um and uh and and he had peter lindorf as the in investor in his previous ventures who was uh, was quite eager to um to to get in on the act as well uh -huh. um so uh, so, so um i left hypex um lars left um ti and the uh, and 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 we just started uh, started working to get together. The mm -hmm. the initial plan for Purify was actually, um, and I mean that that plan still exists. But, um, but but the initial plan was to design some sort of a digitally controlled intelligence amplifier, where the the idea was not so much um, about the amplifier in itself, but um, but the but one which could uh, could correct distortion in any drive unit that was attached on the fly, um, and we got quite far in designing the algorithm for that. Mm. Um, except that that um, the that that required such a deep understanding of um, of, of how. Uh, Drive units behave, their nonlinearities, and so on. That uh, that we quickly realised, like, hang on, uh, we can also fix these in hardware um, without bothering correcting them after the uh, after the fact. Hmm. Of course, fixing them in hardware is a bit more expensive. But since we're a very small company, um, this was definitely our ticket forward uh, because we could already develop a, a series of uh, of, uh, of vastly improved drive units. 
um, get those on the market, get some return on investment, um, and uh, and and then then at some point I thought, well, let's do the same thing with amplifiers again. Uh, I mean, it's, mm. it's something I know how to how to do. Um, so the the only thing that didn't work out properly in a in a way was uh, was Lars and I were hoping to, uh, to 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 really do these things together all the time. But what with him uh, being located in Denmark and me being located in Belgium, hmm. um, I ended up doing most of the work on the amplifier and a bit of support work on the um, on, on on the on the drive unit. Yeah, and Lars. Uh, and, and last vice versa. So, uh, so, so essentially, um, it, it's uh, so, so we we were, we're essentially playing support roles for each other's uh, principal activity. And um, uh, um, but that still that that still affords quite uh, quite a synergy. I, I mean, just the long walks in the walks in the woods around uh, around where he lives, and and just bashing ideas together. Um, that's been been so fruitful for both the the amplifier and the and, and the loudspeaker front. Mm. I mean, I know that Peter Lingdorf was on record in saying um, to Doug Schneider at Soundstage that this is what was it? Well, let me just get this right: is the is the is a better module than any other amplifier on the planet, pretty much. I mean, is I know that obviously Peter has a dog in the fight, but I mean, is is would you say that's the case? I don't. I know again, you also have a dog in the fight, but is this the best amplifier you you've ever worked on? Well, it's certainly the best I've ever worked on. That's mm. uh, that, that's for sure. Um, and uh, and if you if if you look around the uh, the, the world of amplifiers in general. Hmm. Um, so clear. I mean, again, clearly the eigentact modules are vastly better than any other Class D amplifier out there. Right. Um, and then, if you look at what the state of affairs is in, in linear amplifiers, then I can really only name two linear amplifiers that are roughly playing in the same ballpark in terms of in, in terms of performance. So, uh, um, so uh, so. There are two Class A amplifiers out there that offer stiff competition. Um, okay, but the rest you can pretty much forget about them. I guess you won't be drawn on what they are, but that's understandable. Uh, they, they, they are they, they are the benchmark AHB two and ah, the, okay. uh, the, the the Boulder twenty one fifty. Right, and in, in what ways are these amplifiers on on par with what you're doing with Purify? I mean, is just, it just absolutely? Absolutely ex- excellent performance specs all around. Right, right, and uh, and correspondingly very neutral sounding. Right, so that's an interesting thing. So you've you've kind of mapped good measurements to a sort of a very kind of neutral sound. Is that is that the way you kind of a, sort of um, can predict the sound of an amplifier if you're measuring it? You can look at certain things and go, well, this is going to sound very neutral. Well. Uh, yes, I think that's well. That's about it. What you can do with uh, with measurements. The, uh, the 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 point is, if uh, if an amplifier doesn't measure all that well, hmm. um, say your average valve amplifier, it becomes very difficult to predict exactly what it, what it will sound like. You hmm. can, I mean, if if the if the measurements aren't uh, aren't superb, then you can you, you can predict that the amplifier will have a character, but hmm. it will be 
quite difficult to, uh, to to predict in advance what sort of character that will be, except in the sort of the most general terms. Mm. Um, uh, but if um, if the performance is 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 absolutely top notch in let's say in, on all fronts, mm. that's when uh, when you know well okay this amplifier will simply get out of the way of the music and and just uh, just let the sound through as it is. Um, it's, yeah, so so I mean this this is basically the reason why so many people are, are suspicious of measurements is because there aren't that many many products out there that measure so well mm. that you can that you can essentially trust them completely. Um, right. So you're. To, I mean, what kind of measurements are you talking about? Is it just about distortion, or is it other things? Um, it's it, it's it's distortion, but uh, but at, at all power levels and all frequencies, and mm. then for high frequencies, you need to uh, to throw in uh, IMD measurements as well. Mm. Um, but the, the the thing with uh, with measurements is there there's no standard battery of tests that you can that, that you can just blindly apply to an amplifier and then that, then trust that this will um, that that, uh, that that this covers all. Um, for instance, um, you can you, you can uh, take a, a class AB amplifier, sort of one which is optimally biased, as they call it, mm. um, and uh, and you do a, a THD versus power sweeps, you do THD versus frequency sweeps, and it all looks fine. Mm. Um, um, and uh, and then you do an IMD measurement with a, a low frequency sine wave, with a high frequency sine wave added in, and suddenly all hell breaks loose. And that's because of the um, uh, of the thermal modulation of the bias point, which right. the um, which these which you can't just thermally track at those speeds. Right. Fifty hertz is very slow for an audio frequency, but frequency but it's very fast for a for a thermal modulation. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's something, for instance, that just doesn't happen in a class D amplifier. Um, so you actually do need to know what you are measuring. Uh, and 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 then based on on what you know about the circuit, how it operates, um, you you have to uh, to, to sort of uh, line up the areas where you expect bad news to happen most likely, and uh, and um, so, um, so so you you can't just do a, a standard string of measurements. You really have to go looking actively for bad news. And right. if you've tried really, really hard, and and you haven't found any uh, any bad news, well, that's a reasonable indication of good news. But it's it's no guarantee. You can always forget something. So it's, it's, so these these things you, you you learn them on the hoof. Um, and um, uh, so I sometimes despair when I when I read. Um, magazine reviews where they have a, some sort of a lab report, and mm. I, I go like, "Well, it says exactly nothing." And it and and badly done measurements in in, in high fire reviews only add fuel to the fire when 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 people are are sort of suspicious of um, of, of, of measurements in general. Mm. So, are you saying then then that in order to measure? different amplifiers, you'd have to basically apply different sets of tests to each one in order to seek out that, that sort of bad news, as you call it. 
Yes, I mean, unless of course you uh, you, you simply uh, you simply pile up all the bad news uh, measurements that you've that you've ever had to do on, on on any type of product, and you do them on on all. Of course, you, you could do that, but that then just becomes an unwieldy amount of data to sift through. Mm. Um, so I would definitely say uh, say try uh, try and make an, make uh, a, an educated selection. Of, uh, hmm. of things you want to uh, you, you you need to to measure um, because um, um, I mean for instance another thing is 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 you have people who uh, who insist on slew rate measurements but the thing is on very specific amplifier circuits that's a valid indication of how the amplifier will will, will perform and hmm. and on, on on other circuits is completely meaningless so it's it's um, yeah so. It's, it's, so you you really yeah you really have to tailor the uh, the, the the test to, uh, to 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 the product. I mean that's always some some general ones like like just ordinary distortion and output impedance or what have you. Um, I mean those those just have to be good always. Um, but it's uh, but but they don't in the uh, on their own tell you enough. You have to be creative. Right. So there is some subjectivity in the objective, in inverted commas, process of measuring gear because your choices as to what you measure are subjective. They are in a way, yes. Um, uh, the, that's, I mean, that's almost, I would say, a general principle when you're, when, when you're an engineer is, uh, is, is on the one hand, um, you, uh, you, you, do, you do want to have the... the the data that you that you need to uh, to do a good job, but you don't want to spend your whole life collecting data before you do anything. Right. Um, so there is always a cutoff point where you say, "Well, well, well okay, um, here, here I'm just going to uh, to work by work on first principles to um, to, to 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 make uh, um, to decide on on what it is that I'll that 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 that, that I'll." I'll um, test in a very scientific manner, or what I'll just test a bit informally, and so on. Mm. Because in the end, in the end, you want to uh, you, you want to build a to, to build a product. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it. So I, I try not to think of it as a subjective process, but it's definitely an, an it's, it's 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 definitely an error prone pro process, mm. and it it does require personal judgment. Right. Right. So if it's not such a, <laughs> a cheeky question, what would somebody measure if they wanted to find bad news on your Purify Eigentact module? Well, I think um, I think when it comes to measurements that are actually um, that, that that are actually uh, relevant to the, the audio performance, to, mm. to what the amplifier sounds like, I think they'd be hard pressed to find anything that was because that was, of course, the aim. I mean, of course, what you could always do. Is you could say measure distortion at twenty kilohertz, and then you would find that that number was uh, was quite a bit higher than the distortion at say five kilohertz, right? Because the uh, because the because the feedback loop is a high order loop, whose uh, whose loop gain gain just plummets precipitously um, after twenty kilohertz. But but the thing is that doesn't really impinge on the sound because the the third harmonic of twenty kilohertz is at sixty kilohertz. You don't right. hear it. Um, but uh, so, if you actually do want to know, okay, is this a good amplifier for for high free for high frequency use? I mean, audio frequency use. 
uh, you actually need to uh, to do a test which um, uh, which well, still uses signals below 20 kilohertz, but which also generates distortion products below 20 kilohertz where you're most likely to hear it. So that's where we would, uh, where, where you would instead of testing distortion at 20 kilohertz, you would simply um, mix a, a 19 and a 20 kilohertz signal and then go looking at 18, 17, 16 kilohertz and mm-hmm. so on, and at, at one kilohertz and up to see if, uh, if, if, if anything um, goes wrong. So, so whereas we say on a, on a class AB amplifier, um, if you measure at 20 kilohertz and you get really low distortion, then you know, well, that's, uh, that's end of. Um, but in this case, because of the way that the, that the amplifier is, is, is very explicitly designed um, to, to deliver good audio band performance for good audio band signals and bugger the rest, um, you, uh, you actually have to be a bit more precise in, uh, in, 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 uh, in, in what you measure. Right. Now, just to be clear for the audience here, and I think I'm right in saying that you're bringing this amplifier to market in a similar way to the early days of Hypex, where you're you're licensing its use to uh, manufacturers who must supply their own power supply, case, uh, connectors, all the stuff basically built around it, input stage, right? And then you'll also be supplying it as a DIY module at the end of this well, year, I believe, is that right? No, well, no, the, the 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 same module that we that we sell to uh, to to uh, to industrial customers mm. is also available for DIY. Yeah. Um, the in in if we go back to the to to, to, to the Hypex days when mm. when when, uh, when we first came up with Encore. Um, at that point, we made a very conscious decision to split the um, the, the, the DIY markets from from the um, from the industrial markets. Mm-hmm. So, because we at that point, class D wasn't really taken serious seriously as um, as an alternative to class mm-hmm. A. So we really had to uh, to go to, to to bend over backward to get some of the of, of the big guns to to use the. To, <laughs> To, to use the Encore amplifiers, mm. so we had to give them some sort of exclusivity, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and this, of course, has, has created a fair bit of uh, a fair, fair bit of annoyance in the in the market. People saying like, well, can we, we can we know these amplifiers are fantastic, but we need to to buy this ridiculously expensive product to um, uh, to, to to get one, and we know that the amplifier shouldn't be that expensive, and, and, and so on. I mean, it's it's a way you have to play it, right? Whereas after we started with Purify, well, um, I think Encore essentially did, did all the did all the groundwork. Um, mm. So that's that's where I decided. Well, uh, how about um, simply putting the the amplifier on the on the market to whoever wants to buy it for whatever purpose, and uh, and and, and uh, and everyone knows what they cost, um, uh, so, meaning that uh, that of course uh, this may put off some of the really exclusive high end brands. Right. <laughs> but I think that's only fair because uh, because yes. these really exclusive high end brands sometimes they'll they, they'll just package up um, uh, an amplifier um, in a box, and the thing is 
just an amplifier but mm. uh, but but every time uh, every time we make a, a two euro 200 euro turnover they make a 20,000 euro turnover for right instance. well that's not exactly fair is it um so so my philosophy starting with the the eigentact modules is 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 basically that only those kind of manufacturers will book the idea, right. whereas uh, whereas people like uh, like NAD, who actually they'll they just don't they they don't sell you just an amplifier. I mean, the amplifier is, is it's 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 a it's a lovely amplifier module that they bought from somewhere that they use because they like it, but it's mm. just a part of an otherwise very grown-up product that has uh, has a lot of featuring. It's got all the sauce in there. It's got all yeah. it's even got room correction. Yes. It's, it's it's a very, very complete proposition. And and those people sim- simply don't care whether that whether that module is, uh, is 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 also available to other people. They don't care if everyone knows what the what, what the, the separate module uh, uh, sell, sells for because that module alone does not make an M33. Right, because they're bringing something more to the table other than just amplification. Exactly. So, yeah. so, so for, for me, the M, M33 is is a perfect poster child for the type of, uh, of, of product that I had in mind for, for the Eigentuck modules. Um, and and, and I mean, even though these, these as, as, as we said at the start, the module itself... Can can just can can easily um, uh, can easily compare to the to the very very finest of uh, of linear amplification that's out there. Hmm. It's simply uh, it's simply a, a market segment that has overstayed its welcome. The dumb amplifier, the box with just a line input and a, and a speaker output. Come right. on, we're, we're talking 2020. Tell me, tell me, Bruno. Has has technology in the background changed a lot since that your what you call the Hypex days to now? And you know, has that have any of those changes allowed you to do things with Eigentact that you couldn't do with Hypex Encore? Um, tech, technology wise, not really. Um, hmm. uh, I mean, there's a there, there's a steady improvement in the in the performance of power MOSFETs, although. Interestingly, um, I'm still using power MOSFETs that date 2002. Um, mm. There's um, there's some lovely new uh, new very fast uh, driver chips out there. Um, in the Hypex days, I actually built discrete gate drives, which uh, which which meant an enormous parts count. Um, uh, so life is a it, life is a bit easier, um, but um, in 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 terms of fundamental technology, the stuff that I'm that that, that I'm using um, for the Eigentact modules is is not uh, was, was already well available in the in, in the Hypex days. The, the secret of the amplifier is is certainly not in the parts technology. It's in the uh, it's it, it's in the uh, in, in the, the, the mathematics that underlie the operation of the control loop. Which now allows right. me to do to, to, to do things that uh, that well, first first of all I couldn't do before, and second uh, second uh, secondly I couldn't even begin to understand 
and now I do understand that. And so, so the, the, the basic technology that differentiates um, EigenTAC from Encore is lots and lots of paper. But also, I guess the biggest change then is you, isn't it? I mean, your own personal development has it definitely I, come on. Yeah, yeah right. well, exactly. I I used to be quite fearful of mathematics, and and, and sort of I made mm. my first sort of serious mathematical breakthroughs in 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 the the, the Encore days, and I made made a, a, a second one now. But, but I mean, when I started studying, I just felt the whole math thing to be to be so so abstract and I, I thought it, I actually felt that it was kind of uh, that was kind of useless um, and how wrong I was but it took me all those years to uh, to, to work that out uh, fortunately right. fortunately I was I was clever enough to um, to make practical amplifier designs that would sell and that would, uh, would and, and that would pay the rent and all that um, but it's 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 really only now that I, I just that I started understanding why um, why um, scientists, uh, scientists and engineers can can be so bloody mathematical at times. It's, it's, mm. it's just that that sometimes um, there there are behaviors in, in say in electrical circuits, especially something as complicated as as the eigentag modulator that can only ever be understood. Through several layers of mathematical abstraction, and um, huh. and I've, I've I've shaken off the uh, the, the, the my, my fear of mathematics in the in the meanwhile. I mean that's that happened gradually. It's it's it's, mm. it's not like I've I've had an epiphany in the, in, in the last five years. <laughs> it's, it's it started happening gradually since since I was thirty. But uh, but I'm, I'm I'm now at a point where 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 I feel feel comfortable just just uh, say breaking out a, a clean sheet of paper when, uh, when when there's something I don't really get and which I realize that I must get before I can get on right and did you I mean does some of that mathematics that you've sort of personally developed in the last how many years did that play into your design of the molar molar tambaki deck? Um, because that's an FP, FPGA based, uh, it's, isn't it? Well, it's based on a DSP because uh, it's it's. Oh, it, sorry. Yeah, no, the, I mean, some people think it's it, that that's a fundamental distinction. It's not. Is uh, thing mm. just? Um, um, I didn't do that thing on my own. It was uh, um, I essentially I designed the architecture and and, and all the um, all the digital algorithms and stuff. Um, and then uh, then at that point, I was working with a fellow called. Bart von der Laan, who I'm still working with. Um, mm -hmm. Can you say his name again for everybody? Bart, <laughs> Bart von der Laan. Okay, um, Bart von der Laan. Yeah. yeah okay. he, so, um, so he uh, he'd actually uh, he's Dutch, but he moved to Belgium in order to uh, to mm -hmm. be able to, to to work with me. Um, we know each other since the since my days at Grim Audio. He used to work for Grim Audio okay. as well, um, and. Um, uh, and then he, he he moved to Belgium and joined Hypex alongside uh, 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 alongside me, um, and he was just very keen on on learning stuff. So instead of instead of then then doing all the all the circuit design myself, I just I just took a step back and 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 drew up the basic principle of what. what, what, what of, of the, the the analog circuits and and, and stuff and handed that over and um, drew up all the um, all, all the uh, the algorithms 
in uh, in MATLAB and just handed him mm. the, the 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 M files, which is just human readable MATLAB code, uh, which he then converted into uh, into DSP code. And the reason why we chose DS, uh, chose to use DSP over an FPGA was quite simply that um, that that he had been doing some 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 um, work with um, um, analog devices, shark chips before. So he knew the tools. He, he, he knew how to write stuff for, 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 for those. So, so just in order to, to, uh, to avoid the, um, the, the learning curve of, of, of learning to work with FPGAs, we, we do it that way. And, okay. and the, the, the algorithm functionally, uh, I, we can, it, functionally you can do the, the exact same thing in FPGA, but you would do it in a completely different manner. Um, okay. And actually, the algorithm, as I had it um, um, for the for the actual the actual modulator, the actual for the actual um, D to A conversion, I invented that in two thousand and four, and it was a solution waiting for a problem. Um, huh. And uh, and and as invented, it was actually. Um, Clearly, more suited for for FPGA implementations. Uh, I had to jump through a few hoops in order to, uh, to to turn it into something you could write uh, up in, uh, in 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 assembly language. Um, hmm. But that but but the um, but you're asking about the the, the mathematical uh, background. Well, actually, these uh, hmm. the the, the uh, similarities are enormous. Uh, between uh, between PWM based signal delta conversion and and the class D PWM modulators, they, they, right. they, they are to an extent. Well, no, they're not to an extent. They are basically the same thing. And the only thing that happens if you use if you're you're building a DAC, then you never take analog feedback, but you do take digital feedback. Um, mm. in, and and um, and. That that confluence is is actually is actually one of the reasons that I think that generally designers of class D amplifiers are so much more comfortable doing very high order feedback loops is because because most of them do have a background in sigma delta conversion in A to D D to A design and at some point uh, some of them realise that well these techniques. Appear amenable to uh, to to class D, so um, so let's give that a shot, and uh, and 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 so what? So um, that's really why why there's such a, a dramatic difference in in the, uh, the the understanding of feedback theory, which was called control system theory, in in mm. class D circles um, versus um, designers of, of, of linear amplifiers. Um, yeah, I mean, do you think that um, the sort of general, com yeah, audio community, if I want to call it that, or what if our space is understanding of feedback? Do you think it's sort of lagging behind where the cutting edge currently sits? Well, enormously, actually, because uh, mm. because uh, let's say if you ask if you ask an audio file about feedback, um, many of them, especially slightly older ones, will uh, will say, "Oh no, you can't, you shouldn't use too many too much feedback." It's uh, it's mm. um, so either they'll they'll claim that it's that it, that it causes uh, that it just sounds bad, or usually someone will say, "Oh, that causes transient intermodulation, TIMT." Mm. Um, but the, uh, the the thing is, Tim was described in the seventies, and the, the the actual paper that described the mechanism 
also more or less pointed out where the problem was and how to fix it, and 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 people <laughs> and it's been fixed ever since. But uh, but the, the commentariat still still bangs on about TIM as though it's uh, as as though it's still a real real thing. No, it was simply a thing that uh, sort of an unexpected side effect of of, of being being a bit too naive about uh, about a particular circuit. And for mm. instance, in class D amplifier, it doesn't even happen. There is no mechanism that can can cause this this uh, this tim in a class D amplifier. Um, so, well, it's it's the, so, sorry. It's uh, it, it's um, it's a game of half remembered and doubly regurgitated truths. I'm afraid. Do you think that's a common problem? I mean, in terms of the commentary commentariat's understanding as you call it constantly lagging behind where engineers like you work uh well absolutely and and, and i mean i have to uh, this, uh, you, ha- you have to to forgive them to an extent of course because they aren't um, doing this work day in day out and 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 all kinds of uh, all, all kinds of uh, subject areas are becoming ever more specialized um mm. I've always said that, uh, that that there are tons of uh, of good sounding uh, valve amplifiers out there. There are a fair number of good sounding uh, class AB transistor amplifiers out there, and uh, and 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 good good sounding class D amplifier, at least amplifier technologies, is very very small. And um, what actually happened is that if you went to school in the fifties or sixties and you studied engineering or electrical engineering, then Audio was was a big part of the curriculum, um, right? So, so that was actually so so, so months was were spent explaining how uh, how an audio power amplifier worked, and then in this in the seventies um, that that there was that there was still some of that going going on, but by the eighties everyone mm. was jumping onto microcontrollers, and and in the, in the nineties FPGAs and, and and DSPs and so on, and and. And and the, the field has become so much broader, and and, mm. you, and you and you still have only a couple of years to teach it in. So mm. as a result, um, any uh, any particular any particular specialisation will only have uh, will have an ever smaller number of uh, of, of practising engineers in it. So it's perfectly mm. normal. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm 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 so bloody clever doing uh, that. Doing class D amplifiers, I just happen to be doing it. <clears throat> Excuse me, but that's, that is the fundamental difference, though, isn't it? Is that you're doing it every single day, yeah. And I think there's a big difference between doing something every single day and just sitting on the net pontificating about it based upon what you learnt at school or at university. Yeah, and I, I, I don't mind if uh, if people are out of their depth when it's uh, when it comes to a, spe- a specialised subject. Um, it's uh, it's it's only if they if they start acting as if they aren't, and that's uh, that that it uh, mm. raises raises my hackles. Um, for instance, um, a couple of weeks ago, I um, I put out an article on a website called Audioholics again about negative mm. feedback, um, trying uh-huh. trying to, uh, to just trying to sift through the the, the popular mythology. Um, it, it 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 goes into some very very basic math, but I mean so basic that I would say that. Anyone who pretends to have an opinion about class uh, about, about negative feedback should be ready 
to read through a formula that says a over one plus a or something like that. Um, and, um, uh, so I thought I'd done, uh, I'd done a pretty nifty and read human readable explanation of, of why certain myths are there and, uh, and, and, and what's, what's correct about them, what isn't correct about them and so on. Um, mm. and of course, as, as one learns not to do, um, I then Googled if anyone had picked up on it. Uh, so I landed on the forum where person A says, oh, uh, look, uh, Pusses has, has put out a new, uh, an article about, uh, about neg- negative feedback. And he even pasted in the, uh, the conclusions of the article in, in his post. And the second post underneath was someone just, just blindly regurgitating the same mythology that is being so thoroughly re- re- uh, debunked in the article. So, so they, they don't. They, so they didn't even. They didn't even bother to click the link and and just have a basic basic idea of what it was was about. It was like too long, didn't read. But here's my opinion. Um, and and that's that. Unfortunately, is uh, is is well. That's that's just everywhere. It's not just audio. So it is. It's the internet disease. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So I I I I shouldn't feel too hard done by it. it's. Uh, uh, at, at least, generally, the people who bother to speak to me in person on trade shows, they've usually mm. done their homework, and uh, and 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 so I'll I'll, um, I'll I'll just try and be happy with that. You know, I was having a very interesting conversation with um, Danny Dulai from Rune uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about DAX and we were talking about why different software apps can sound different because I know that he, I think he hears it quite a bit that Ordevana sounds better than Rune running on the same Mac. Um, and he, he made quite an interesting point that I'd never really considered before. I mean, obviously I'd considered the reason, but he was saying that, you know, he, he said to me, John, like how many DAX do you know? Um, that are completely immune to what goes on upstream, so on the digital input side. And I said, well, none really. And that made me think of, is it possible to design a DAC that is completely immune to what precedes it? I mean, it's quite a big question, but I thought you might be the man to sort of shed some light on this, Bruno. I know it's a big question, but... <laughs> yeah, well... Um it's it, it 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 is it is obviously obviously possible um because uh, because the 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 only thing a DAC needs to do is to reproduce the the, the correct voltage at the correct time mm-hmm. um and um uh, and i i have to say that i'm i'm not quite um i'm not quite prepared to um to, to take up face value that say these two apps if they um if, if they are running on the same computer and they are putting out the same data are, are, are sound are going to sound different mm. um, i mean that's that's it's an interesting way to, to 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 start the discussion but i mean one thing i need to get off my chest is has to do with um kind of the history of the of the the, the, the dac as um as a as a product mm. um 
and that, that is that in the eighties when when CD players um, first came came about, Philips made the horrendous mistake of just saying that it's uh, that 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 it that it's perfect sound forever, right? Um, um, and um, some people went with that. Um, for instance, the um, the uh, the the local the Belgian equivalent of uh, of which consumer rights organisation, they had uh, had quickly declared as a policy that when they review CD players, they would say nothing at all about the sound because all CD players sound identical and perfect, and therefore it's only about robustness and features and price. Um, And... Uh, and, and to an extent, I actually think that quite a lot of uh, a lot of consumers will have been uh, been, been helped by that because most people just want to just just want to play a CD at some point, right. and, and and the bloody thing has to work. And and uh, and, and so um so, so as I think for as a, in, in the light of that function as a consumer rights organisation, that wasn't actually such a bad idea. But of course, because the CD players all sounded rather different, um, mm-hmm. there was a massive backlash from the audiophile community, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then that actually only got worse when um, someone invented the concept of an outboard DAC, uh, i.e., a, um, a two-part CD player mm-hmm. with a, a spinner link connecting them. And and again, the the, the claim there was. Um, this uh, SPDIF connection only only contains bits. Bits is bits, so that cable and everything that goes before it is unimportant. It's all about the DAC. This thing, mm. perfect upgrade to any to any CD player with a digital output. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, it didn't take uh, take too long for people to realise that actually, no, hang on, uh, the, that digital source does uh, th- does affect the sound. Um, because what happened is that a SPDIF cable. Um, it not only spits out the the, the data, but also, uh, but but also implicitly the moment that that data has to be converted into a voltage, um, and uh, and and that's i.e. the clock. That's an analog signal. It's not a digital signal. It's uh, mm. it's, it's uh, and and that clock is influenced literally by the but by the cable by the by, by the digital output circuits on the um, on the cd player by the clock in the cd player and so on so mm. so, so yeah i mean there's, there's clearly going to be measurable differences in the analog output signal depending on which uh, cd player that you use as a digital source right um and um uh, and and again the um the 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 effect of that um was that uh, that 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 People were um, disappointed disappointed by an, uh, an over optimistic claim by manufacturers, um, and yeah, by that time, of course, I think many audiophiles would have become quite jaded, but also would have become primed to hear to hear differences, whatever happened. Mm. Um, now, this this problem with the um, with, with the, uh, the 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 SPDIF transmission, it's it's easily solved, and a, a number of companies did that. Mm. They, uh, they they actually uh, just um, uh, added a second cable between the, uh, the, the between the the the, the, seat, the digital end of the of the affair, which by then was called the transport audio file. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and the and and the DAC, and that was simply a clock going from the DAC into the CD player. So at that point, the DAC was the master of the clock. The DAC yeah. was the was was the um, was the the. the was who decided when the data had to be there. 
Right. Um, and that's fundamentally um, the perfect solution um, for the for, for the whole jitter and and and, and timing thing. Hmm. Um, and but but in uh, in computer audio, we only started seeing that uh, that that come into effect um, with the the advent of um, um, asynchronous USB transmission. Right. Essentially, what that is is the DAC has the clock, um, the USB connection runs at a normal frame rate of I think one kilohertz. Um, and and the the, the, the the DAC will simply say say oh uh, for the for for my for the next USB um, f- uh, frame please send me forty four or forty five uh, samples um, so that they're on time for me to, uh, to 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 use and that's fundamentally it's the same idea it's it's mm. it's, it's basically the, the DAC whole, uh, the, the DAC being the uh, the clock source and the um, and the um, and, and the, the the computer simply uh, slavishly delivering data when it was required to. Um, again, that's in principle. That's uh, that that's uh, that, that, that's all you should need to de- to, to decouple the um, the, uh, the the source from the uh, uh, from the DAC at least. Uh, again, uh, again, timing wise. It's interesting actually because Gordon Rankin, who as you know is pretty much. I think he's the inventor of async USB. Um, he, he's one of the guys that's always telling me that uh, audio Varna sounds much better than Rune. <laughs> he's telling me all the time. So <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah. I, I, it's, it, it definitely is, is, is bizarre. Um, now the, the, the problem of course is that, that, um, um, a computer when, when all is said and done, there's a couple of billions of transistors that sort of, uh, Sort of uh, switching when 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 they see fit, and mm. it's a very noisy thing electrically. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and um, if you uh, if you plug a cable between uh, between a computer and uh, and a DAC, mm. then that cable will also carry some of that electrical noise. It's, it won't just carry data, but right. the electrical noise I'm talking about, what they call conducted emissions, they're actually they actually run. Via the the ground conductor, which is a shield around the uh, uh, around the cable, those flow into the in, in into the DAC, and then from there on, they can flow in uh, flow via the, uh, the 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 um, the line the line cables, aka interlinks, um, to, um, to to the amplifier and and, and on onward to to the speaker. And um, at any at any of those stages, some of that noise might end up getting getting demodulated somehow and producing a, producing a, a, a noticeable signal inside inside the audio band. Um, so that's kind of the the the, um, the, the, uh, the the second the second leg of the of, of the problem. Again, if you were to if if you say had um, uh, what is optical cables and you had an optical cable to send clock to the to, to the computer and then uh, an optical cable to send data back to the DAC mm. um, I guess that the that the entire problem would, would be um, would be over and done with but we're stuck with the fact that that USB is an electrical connection right um, so so EMC um, is going is is just very very important um, and especially so if uh, in, in situations where, where, where someone might um, might still decide to use um, unbalanced connections, um, because uh, the, I mean, uh, and, and 
an RCA cable is the most atrocious way of getting a, get, getting an analog signal from from one point to another, <laughs> because the same the, the very same conductor that is responsible for for, for, for more or less equalizing the the, the, the the chassis potentials of the of, of the of the two boxes hmm. is also your is also one of the one of the two wires that conducts your audio signal. So that's that that that's just um, that's just horrible. So so situations like that 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 just exacerbates the the, the, the sensitivity. But also in imbalanced connections, it's it's very easy to make to make some very simple mistakes whereby current flowing through the um, through through the, um, the the shield of the, of the cable might actually make its way onto the circuit board and and and, and start mucking things up. Hmm. Um, so it's uh, but but it's a fairly uh, it, it it's it's a fairly well described problem. But uh, the degree of attention that you need when 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 you design a product to really make it make it very very insensitive to, uh, to, to 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 electrical noises is, is, is quite is quite staggering and and, and I and I even catch myself occasionally wanting to concentrate more on the analog side of things because that's more fun right um, whereas just whereas all the all, all, all the sort, sort of the, the the bonding of ground wires to the chassis and so on oh, oh please uh, that's the, that. That's so boring because then I have to talk to the um, to talk to, to to the subcontractor that makes the chassis and ask them not to paint over the uh, the edge around the connector and, and or not to anodize that and uh, and it's it, it it's it, there's so much that 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 can go that that can go wrong and that just looks awfully pedestrian. But you have to do all of it right if you want to stand any chance of um, of the the. the, the of the digital source not having any um, any impact at all, and of course, once electrical noise out of your computer starts somehow impinging on the um, on, on 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 the audio band somewhere downstream, might not even be in the DAC itself. The DAC might be perfectly immune, but the but, but the, uh, the the signal might just uh, the noise might just travel travel further along those those wires to to our amplifiers, and they might uh, they, they might object to it. Um, it's that um uh where was i um well no i mean actually you've, you've hit an interesting point there because jürgen rice uh here in germany is uh, often mentioned to me that to see the negative influence of say for example electrical noise you have to look at the entire system not just the individual component because it may not and uh, negatively impact the system until much later on in the chain yeah, and um, it, there's there's actually some some things that that people might uh, might might never have thought about is um, is a simple fact that that uh, the background noise in your room actually impacts how you perceive how, how you perceive sound, and that that's uh, the, the only place where, where 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 people are really careful about that is in is in mastering studios, especially back in the days when when everything had to go out in sixteen bits, and there was this whole thing about dithering the uh, the twenty four bit signal to sixteen bit, hmm. and then they, they found that that depending on the uh, on, on the the, um, the particular spectrum of the dithering noise that they used for that that is that that sort of the sound balance the, the tonal balance of the of, of the music changed in the opposite direction even though we're talking about about the noise level that was was uh, was well, up to 90 db below 
the the actual the, the actual signal. If the if, mm. if the um, if, if you chose a high pass filtered noise, um, then it, then actually it would slightly dull the top end of the uh, of, of the audio. I mean, perceptively. I mean, not not literally. Right. It wouldn't yes. do any, but your ears would respond to it like that. Mm. And if uh, and and I've uh, and and I've I've rarely come across. Um, something like a computer or digital source that is completely silent. Mm. So, so, so even even like the question does a um, does does a solid state drive sound uh, sound better than uh, than than a uh, than, than a mechanical drive? Well, mm. it it absolutely does, unless the drive is in another room, and then it doesn't matter. Uh, it's, it's sort of it's 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 all these it, it, it's it's all these things and that, that so that's taking taking the the um the, the system view to its extreme but you mm. have to you have to 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 take these things into uh, in, into account one question i get or not no one question i see a lot out there on the internet is why doesn't a simple toslink connection solve the issue of um different transports sounding different well because a toslink cable is fantastically jittery so right so, so that the quality of the clock coming through a toslink cable is uh is quite bad so that's why when i when i when i sort of mentioned using optical cables i already built in saying that you have to, you had to have one, one for, for the, the clock, clock going down and the right. uh, one for the data going up so why um, hasn't somebody done that already bruno why haven't you done that already in a <laughs> in a tax system uh, basically, because then that would that, that would kind of require me to supply the source as well, and I'm I'm, hmm. I'm, I'm just uh, I, I mean I've, I've I've only got one life, and, and <laughs> you know, as as I said, I find I find the analog parts of the uh, of, of the of, uh, of the system much more interesting, and it, it does mean I'll try that I have to try and uh, and um, um, that. The, have to try and make uh, make the the, the the DAC as insensitive as possible to all these all these things. Now, since you have um, a time marquee, um, I mean, I'm, I do. I, I am actually pretty proud of the um, of, of the extraordinarily low sensitivity of to clock jits and that 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 thing has. Mm. Um, like the key threes, by the way. Um, uh, so they both use um, use in their, um Sort of our own asynchronous sample rate con conversion algorithm, which okay. allows to re-engineer a second time for, uh, for 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 the key, key three simply in order to uh, to avoid copying code from Mola Mola, uh -huh. um, legal stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, so 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 the jitter from um, a Toslink uh, connection should not bother the uh, the, the Tambaki, and it does have an optical input, so. Um, so by all means, I would su suggest try it. But again, hmm. if you're if you're going to try it with a with an actual CD transport, keep in mind that CD transports make mechanical noise. So you would have to actually put the, put the transport outside the room so that you don't actually hear it. Otherwise, <laughs> other, okay. otherwise you can otherwise you cannot make a valid comparison between uh, b b between the two transports as they as as they really I mean sound. It's very difficult for me to separate them, but generally when I've done this, generally, especially with lesser DACs, if you put a CD transport on a lesser DAC and then um, a, a network streamer and compare the two, 
usually the CD transport will sound better, and I don't really understand why. Well, that has to be uh, be RFI in that case, right? Uh, because because a CD transport is just, uh, I mean, whatever's going on there is is much more slower than mm. uh, than, a, than a computer and, and and much simpler. So if you just look at the at the at the, 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 the radiated spectrum, um, so like you measure measure EMC in a, in in a, with a, with a spectrum analyzer. Um, then, then you would find that the CD player is, uh, especially sort of the, the the older type, they're much much cleaner than. Uh, right. I mean, they might have a number of they might have a number of spikes uh, at clock frequencies and so on, but they don't sort of have this whole wideband wash of uh, of noise that that computers produce. Um, so what you find that is that, that manufacturers of streamers they they actually try to work mostly on 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 on, on that aspect. Yes. Of course, they, they they also sometimes bolt on what they call reclocking of USB, which I which I find absolutely hilarious because, as I said, the uh, the, the the number of samples per frame is is is, is only sort of related to the uh, to, to, to the clock rate of the USB link and the clock rate of the of, of the converter sort of as, a, as an average ratio but uh, but, but that the, the USB clock rate and and jitter thereon doesn't do anything because it's asynchronous anyway to uh, to the audio signal um, but uh, uh, but nevertheless the people who go who take pains to do that of course they'll also take pains to make sure that uh, that the that Conducted noise levels um, on these links are very, very low, mm. and and that really is, uh, is 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 a way of building a streamer that that that, that is less likely to, uh, to to cause trouble downstream. So, so how did you? It, sorry. sorry, no, I was going to ask like, how did you do this inside the Tambaki? Because you've got a network board in there with an Ethernet connection, so you, you've obviously got some kind of computer board in there. How how did you? Go about separating its negative influence from your DSP-based stack. Well, then they actually have to. You you, you would have to start looking at the um, at the circuit board layout, mm. um, and that's it's it's kind of a holdover from from the way I designed Class D amplifiers because in a Class D amplifier you are uh, if you, if you're trying to achieve to to, to achieve like like near 120 dB uh, type distortion figures, then that then you you have to be able to successfully handle microphone type signal levels um, only centimeters away from a power stage that is mm -hmm. switching uh, up to 40 amps in uh, in 50 nanoseconds. Um, so then then you then you have to start thinking not so much about about shielding um, sh shielding the box. And, and keeping all the all the nasty stuff outside the box, you actually have to think at a at a, at a circuit level um, and at a sub circuit level, like how like like okay, how do I place components in such a way that um, that any noise that's coming from the outside is least likely to uh, to, to turn up in the um, in the audio signal. So mm. uh, so if, if if you look at sort of your average um, audio file DAC. Um, what you will, or, or any sort of audio file circuit, uh, so mm. just, just, I mean, by looking, I mean, eyeballing it, 
um, they will find that usually what one channel sort of you can draw um, draw a line through it, and then 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 you, you, and it's sort of symmetrical where you've got got sort of for one half so sort of a negative polarity running on one on 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 the, on the left hand side of the axis and the other on the, on the right hand side. So 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 sometimes it's beautifully symmetrically laid out post filters and, and data aking filters, for instance, and that is the exact wrong way of doing it. Um, because uh, because it it, uh, it it because it means that you that, that that at any part in the circuit you can simply draw out um, a, a, a loop around the circuit board where mm. if you then if 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 you don't have a magnetic field going through that loop, um, it'll actually generate a voltage. So instead, if you if you, if you look at circuit boards that I've had a hand in, then you will find that always the sort of the the, the matching component from the from from um, from, from both polarities of the of, of, of a balanced signal path are always next to each other, and mm. the um, and 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 the, the the signal snakes its way through the the whole the whole network as a pair that always stays stays together, mm-hmm. um, and that that allows you to make it to, to make it uh, a circuit that is much much less sensitive to, uh, to to external noise, and then you can do then you can do stuff like putting a single board computer into into the same box. Right. So, I mean, I guess to recap for the benefit of me, really. So electrical noise is a real thing, right? And jitter is a real thing. These are not sort of made up boogeymen that uh, DAC manufacturers or streamer manufacturers like to invent to sell more products. Are they? Absolutely real. Right. Right. Because, I mean, this is something that I talk a little bit around, but I don't know. I obviously don't have your level of engineering understanding to really go deep onto it. So I guess I'm sort of paying forward the explanations that I hear from other DAC manufacturers like Jürgen, like Gordon, um, because people ask me, like, well, how can this possibly sound different if I take that streamer out and put that streamer in? Like, it's just ones and zeros, John. What's going on here? So I usually point to jitter and electrical noise as possible reasons, but oftentimes especially on youtube comments that doesn't fly you know people are like well you're making this up <laughs> that, that, that's the, that's a funny funny thing about the whole yeah again about the whole whole internet thing is mm. it, it, is you you can you can basically as an audio engineer very often you can yeah, you can flaunt all your secrets out in, in, in public like like one of my big secrets in class the amplifiers is negative feedback. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, because everyone just believes that that can't be true, they don't even try to replicate it. Right. Um, and and, and that, that's 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 really the yeah. So and I've I've seen I've I've I've, I've seen that. I'm reminded of, um, of of another thing that happened a couple of uh, couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, and so um, I did a did a post on, uh, on, on on the Purify website um, showing just how unbelievably complicated the um, the distortion is that that is produced by magnetic components i.e ferrite cores or, mm-hmm. or, or pieces of iron near the near electrical signal what have you huh. um, so it's 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 a, it's a so so I just say well okay I've built this circuit and uh, and, and, and and look at the sort of things that uh, that, that that I can um, that, that, that I can make a simple magnetic core do and just show that that it produces a a, a, a distortion that is 
that, that is not only correlated with the signal now, but also with uh, the signal at an arbitrary time in the past. Hmm. Um, and, and all I wanted to say there is uh, that, that, look, because of that, it is absolutely crucial that you put the bloody output choke in the feedback loop. Otherwise, all, the, all, all, all your effort is for naught. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and so next thing that happens, again, is, 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 on, is on some, some forum where it says, it says oh, um, Putsace claims to have found a reason for the granular sound in class D amplifiers, and he says that it's, uh, that, that, that it's, um, uh, it's, it's magnetic hysteresis. And then out comes someone who says, uh, I looked at it, it was a bit too long, uh, but we know about hysteresis, and that's not the cause of granularity in class D amplifiers. It kind of puzzles me, Bruno, to, to, you know, because, I mean, to look at the work you've done and the varied work you've done, like with DSP, DAC design, two now, well, I think, I mean, that I know of, two uh, Class D amplifier modules, to kind of hear about, <laughs> I guess, armchair experts sort of calling your work into question, I find, I'll be polite, somewhat puzzling. It, 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 it is. Um, of course, it, uh, it's, 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 it's always important that you should, you should never take anything on anyone's authority. You should mm. always take it on the merit of the argument. So that's right. why I always go out of my way to sort of carefully and slowly explain things, um, especially if I, if I get the time to write it down. I'm, I'm mm. not that patient in real life. Um, but when I have time to write it, write it down, I, I, I sort of try and go take it step by step and not make it too complicated and so mm. on. So hopefully if someone's really interested in, in the subject, they can, they can follow the argument and they can see, well, yeah, that sounds reasonable to me. That's, if they can do that, then they can think about me as a person, whatever they like. Uh, I, I, I don't care, but... Uh, but the argument should stand should stand on its uh, on its own. That's the um, that's the important bit. Yeah, I mean, one thing I hear a lot is, well, if if electrical noise exists and it's such a big problem, why can't we see it in the measurements? And I, actually, you know, I do sympathise a little bit with this position because whenever I've pushed streamer manufacturers for measurements of electrical noise, you know, spilling from their device or other devices, I I don't really get very far. I don't really get, and we don't really, and we don't really see this very often. You know, I mean, I've, I've never seen the electrical noise measured, say from a Raspberry Pi, which I, I gather is very high, but. You know what the problem, what the problem there is, is quite, is quite simple. I, I mean, I do go out of my way to, um, to, to, uh, to try and provide good measurements. Hmm. So for instance, the, 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 the measurements on, um, on the, uh, on the, so the audio measurements on the Eigentech module, for instance, they're, they're mm. just out on the on the Purify website. Distortion measurements on our, of our drivers are out there. We we are, I think, the only manufacturer of loudspeaker drivers that actually publishes distortion measurements. Right. Um, and um, and 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 what you then what you what you then then find? Um, I mean, you you actually just have to do have to do that because you know it's the right thing. You can't you can't try and do that for for commercial reasons, for the, for the simple reason that the that the people who might care care about those measurements usually are just the ones who are in it for the argument. And right. if you do provide the measure the, the measurements, then you've just probably spent uh, spent several days or maybe a week 
um, trying to, 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 to do a, um, a, a test set up that, that can really that can really highlight a particular phenomenon hmm. and 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 a bird tweets and the cricket chirps and that's it um, so so I, I have uh, so I have I have sympathy for manufacturers who um, who decide not to do that simply because they they, they, they find that unfortunately it's uh, it's a waste of space on their website um it's i mean i think again as a, as an engineer um putting mm. up as much technically uh, valid data as you as you can is that is the only right thing to do but um but as i said as a, as a human i have i have sympathy for people who, who who try and then at some point just remove all the technical content from their website because it just doesn't pay um, it's, it's 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 very frustrating. I mean, you, you hmm. on, on, I mean, on on the one hand, you're being you're, 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 on the one hand, you, you've you've got a crowd of people who uh, who are saying, oh, measurements don't don't matter, even if you have the bloody measurements to show that they do. <laughs> and on the other hand, you have uh, you 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 have a, you have a crowd that wants to um, that 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 would would like uh, an extensive test report on every um, on every little thing which mm. if if you if you dare to say um like for instance uh, hysteresis or if you dare to say well i think um i i i, I think um with uh, reasonably speaking that uh, this is uh, this is something you should be worried about and um, and uh, and so on then there is another crowd that's clamoring and saying well like oh you just made a claim there can we see your data yes uh, and and then well, <laughs> I mean, that's that come to circle back to something we said at the at, at, the, at the start of the uh, the, the, the conversation. Hmm. Um, is is you only you, you you want to be exactly as rational as you need to uh, to, to 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 minimize uh, your you the, the the risk of wasting energy and time and and, and money whilst maximizing your productivity. Otherwise, uh, otherwise you. you, you I mean, otherwise, it's just not going to uh, not going to make a, make any any saleable any saleable product. You're not going to make anyone happy, right? So, really, I mean, I, I do I do this sort of sort of thing mostly because because I do enjoy it when people when people say I've I've, I've got this and that product from from you and 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 I'm I'm, I'm just so so much enjoying listening to music on it and I say well I've, I've made I've, I've, I've made a positive impact on someone's life. That's I mean, basically the, uh, the, the 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 thing which I do, and and people who uh, who, who agonise uh, who, who agonise as much as some some of the Uber objectivists would, would, would like them to, they never get to that point. They they they, they only they 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 they're, they're going to retire having having collected only data. Even a mm. scientist, even a hard scientist, needs to make a personal call at some point. Like, mm. like, 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 okay, is the is this method that I'm using likely to be good enough for 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 for, for the uh, for, for what I want to find out? Uh, that everyone who needs to get something done needs to have a cutoff point where they where, where, where they say, okay, this and this and this I know for a fact. This and this and this. I consider to be highly plausible, and and, and I'm, I'm I'm just going to to um, to pull up my sleeves and get to work based on those things. 
I mean, when you design a product, Bruno, do you, I mean, obviously you measure it as you go to, to make sure you're not making mistakes, but when you get to sort of near the end of the product development cycle, how, how much time do you spend listening to the final result before you decide to ship? Um, I, uh, I should say, well, enough. Um, let's, let's, let's put it that way because, <laughs> be, be, because, uh, what, if if you do a lot of listening, um, mm. then usually you can get a get a fairly good grasp of what's going on in a, in a, in, a, in a couple of evenings worth. Mm. Um, but uh, but but I have uh, I have to say that um, that, that that I mean if if the, the, after after sometimes I mean you 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 gain some 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 confidence and. Uh, and you actually sometimes you just just know like okay well this thing is not very likely to produce any um, any any surprises so uh, mm. so for instance the key three um, which is which is which is let's say the, the the product with the least amount of audio file frippery on it that I've ever designed yes. right um, and uh, that, I mean that, that was really just designed to crack one problem and 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 just going back to the school books which which say that uh, that, that, that well the very first thing that and the very and most important thing that you need to get right is a frequency response and that includes the room so frequency response to three dimensions so it's like, well let's let's do that so we put this thing the, 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 this the design t together um we um we actually paid uh, something like um like, like fourteen thousand pounds for an injection mold for the cabinet, without ever having built a prototype, without having heard it. My father said I was crazy. Uh, I said no. I mean, uh, I mean, the design works. It's it's, it's going to be fine. Don't worry, Dad. Um, and and in fact, we only heard the 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 the, the, the key three for the first time two weeks before we showed it in public. That was just because I mean all the principles that went into the design of that of that speaker they were they they were by then so solid hmm. that uh, that that I would have been inordinately surprised if it had sounded any different from what I what I sort of was imagining in my head and it literally that happened I mean we turned them on and we played music and I said yeah that's what I was expecting so, right but um, I guess you're talking about acoustic principles right yeah but uh, but the similar things happen ha happen in electronics as, as, right. as, as we said as we said before at some point um at, at some point you, you know i mean maybe if, if ever I, I invent some new technology other than class d i might have to to to, to also reinvent the the test battery but now nowadays the, the tests that i do they they they're so reliable that if i just it that Essentially, the only thing that uh, that's interesting is, is is just the question. Okay, well, I start with a performance specification that I want to achieve. Hmm. Then, okay, then you design until you think you're going to get that, and then you measure that simply in order to see if uh, if the whole design process was correct. Um, and um, and and in the end, when you then then turn it on and listen to it, then then usually it's that well. You don't get any surprise, so it's like uh, you, so, so. So yeah, the listening test can sometimes be quite quite short, at least the, the formal part of it. And then uh, afterwards, uh, you just keep playing music and you, and, uh, and you get up the beers. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's it's how these things go. It's 
in, in actual fact, I mean, the, the only thing that surprised me when I, when I finished the, the first EigenTag module was mm. the fact that it's, uh, that, 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 that to my ears, it sounded quite a bit better than Encore. It was like, okay, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, I, right. I, I've, I've gone on record in the past saying, 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 well, Encore's good enough. Uh, and, 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 uh, and, and I don't think, uh, I don't think a further improvement in measured performance is going to, um, is, is, is going to do much. And then, then you sit there and go like, well, hang on, this is, this actually did do something. So, uh, so and then, I mean, again, hugely unscientifically, I uh, started linking that to, um, to this uh, this story with the the output choke with a ferrite output choke, because uh, all of us felt that the um, that the sonic difference between uh, b- b- between the two amplifiers was in character quite similar to the sonic difference that you get between two loudspeaker drive units, one with uh, uh, copper shorting caps in it and one without, oh. where the, the copper shorting caps are actually largely. Um, uh, largely reducing the uh, the hysteresis distortion that you get in the iron parts of the uh, of the magnet system. So it's, it's, so so it, you start adding up one and one together. It's like oh, it's, it's actually it's it's kind of the same it's, it's kind of the same type of character that changes, isn't it? So, uh, hmm. what, what, what's going on? Then so so this is uh, I mean I know perfectly well that the plural of an anecdote isn't data. Um, <laughs> sure. But, uh, but 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 again, as a, as a pragmatic person, you you sometimes have to, to to go with these things, and you only have to make the transition to data when uh, when you stand to uh, spend a lot of money or a lot of uh, time or, an, or or something like like that based on a on on an, on an unfounded assumption. Um, but in this case, I mean, it was it was well, we just had built an amplifier which clearly measured better. And, uh, and and which we felt sound better. Yay! That's uh, that's lovely. Um, so so if there is if if we've got some some baggage of, of not not entirely um, cast in stone assumptions, trying to explain that that's fine until until I'm going to use those assumptions for something else, and that's and at that point you need you need to uh, you need to firm them up, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, we 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 uh, we're slowly deviating from the subject because you're asking how much how much listening do we uh, do I do? As I said, in in terms of actual sound evaluation, uh, not an awful lot. In terms of subsequently um, uh, and enjoying good music and uh, and and complimenting myself with a job well done, quite a lot. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good place to finish, Bruno. I, I must say, I'm I'm very much looking forward to uh, hooking up this M M33 and having a listen. Um, I think it's probably one of the most interesting products to come out this year, from a, purely from a publisher's point of view. You know, because it has a an interesting backstory. You're involved. It's something new. It's an evolution of Class D, and obviously, as as you've touched on um, earlier. The M33 isn't just an amplifier; it does a whole bunch of other things, and it's not astronomically priced. I was actually very surprised when I googled the price for somebody the other day. It was, I think, five thousand dollars. I think that was right. Yeah, um, that's probably the number that I remember as well. Yeah. So, um, but thank you so much for your time today, Bruno, and thank you for a most illuminating conversation. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to the Darko Audio Podcast with me, John Darko, and Bruno Putzes. 
This episode was produced by Nick McCorriston and music came from Ben Pitt.